Welcome, everyone. Tonight on the podcast, we've got a couple of high rollers here, fresh from Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Open. Here to talk a little bit about the event, their lists, uh, and why people should play it. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Gamers Guild. So, like I said, we are talking about the Las Vegas Open, or LVO. Um, Everyone on this podcast qualified, and only two of us actually went. Um, So let's get right into introducing everybody. Uh, Today I'm joined by Sooner. How are you doing tonight? I am doing well. A little bit under the weather, but I'm fighting through it. Yes, much sympathy to Sooner, please, because he is uh, fighting hard to be here with us. Uh, and we also have a special guest tonight. Uh, I believe he's local to Sooner or in Texas or something. That place is huge, so everywhere is local, I guess. Uh, Mr. Ryan Chiraboga, how are you doing? I'm wonderful, wonderful, having a good evening. Uh, yeah, I am in Dallas with Sooner, um, although we're still a little, little bit away from each other. And uh, although Sooner and I were roommates for LVO, I somehow have avoided COVID, so thank God. Good. You have a good immune system. I guess. That's what it is. So for those who may not be aware of LVO or how Marvel Crisis Protocol works for LVO, um, LVO, of course, Las Vegas Open. It's a a yearly event held by Frontline Game. Uh, is it Frontline Games or Frontline Gaming? Gaming. Gaming, yeah. That you probably recognize that name from selling mats and also models online. Um but it's a huge event with all kinds of mini systems. It's kind of the uh, the the place to go yearly if you if you're a minis player. It's up there with Adepticon and uh, maybe not Warfare Weekend yet, but getting there um, and Cough Cough Nashcon eventually. Uh, uh, for this event specifically with MCP, there were qualifier events held throughout, I believe, the world. Maybe just America for now. Um, and if you won the event, you got a spot in the qualifier, or not the qualifier, you got a spot in the Invitational, which was a 64-player event, single elimination bracketed event, and winner take all, uh, held at, at at Las Vegas, at the Las Vegas Open, obviously. Um, so before we get into the meat of the event, why don't we talk a little bit about how we qualified how that kind of worked um let's start with our guests first uh ryan how did yours go um so part of the qualifier is you have to win an event right mm-hmm. or they do have an accumulation of points for people that have played in a handful of events and then there is the last chance qualifier right that have, that occurs on site in uh in at the actual tournament held the day before i think there was 92 participants in that one so, yeah, I actually I got second at two different events, um, lost to Sooner in the finals of one, and then went to SoCal Open, another frontline gaming event. I think that one had 26 players, and I got second there. Um, but luckily, the two seconds were enough to get me some points because not everybody's able to make it from the qualifiers around the country. Yeah. And so, um, I was able to sneak in on points. Nice. The point system described to me was a little weird this year. I'm not sure how they were making it work. Um, it seemed like they're still trying to make this. They're, they're not like make, I, I, I'm not making it up as I go, but they're making adjustments on the fly to make it work as they see interest and stuff, which is cool that they're uh, 
sort of willing to make adjustments and stuff. Yeah, it is their second year. And I know the points are at the very least were scaled for placing and then size of the event. So uh, two out of 26 actually happened to be one of the bigger MCP events uh, held. Mm -hmm. So I think getting second there was a a good chunk of points for me. Um, But yeah, they do do a good job with it. It's only the second year. Yeah. And from what I understand, it's been pretty good. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about mine because I'm sort of in the middle. I won an event. Um, I won one in Memphis. I think it was a 16 player event. I could be wrong on the exact size, but because I won, I got a spot. Um, and I really wanted to attend, but I wasn't able to just some real life stuff happened. Um, but basically it was just a normal tournament for us, uh, at a game store that I've been to before, because it's not just big conventions that can do it. Your local game store, whoever hosts your events can ask the, the organizers, Tyson, and uh, Omnis from the Omnis Protocol, if they want, if they would allow them to be an LVO qualifier, and they kind of give them the rundown and give them the rules and stuff, and then it becomes a qualifier, and the winner gets to get a, a spot for the event, and everything else does all the points and stuff. And like you said, it's scaled for events. So if you getting second at two bigger events gave you a better, better points and better odds to get into the event on like a wild card slot or whatever, whereas if I had gotten second at this smaller event, I probably wouldn't have gotten a spot. Um, so sooner, how did you get in? It sounds like we've had it talked about a little bit about how you got in. Yeah. So like Ryan said, uh, we played each other in the finals of what was called the Lone Star Gaming Expo. Uh, and I was lucky enough to, to come through and get that win. And, uh, that had qualified me. Um, so that was my, uh, that was my ticket. Mm-hmm. Did you have to do other events? Did you like play other events to try to make it in two, or was that the only one that you did? Um, no, I played in three events. Um, they just all had like three big events. They all just happened to be LVOIS qualifiers. So uh, I did well in all three of them. So I actually had a lot of points. Um, yeah. Because I finished third in NashCon, uh, which is a ton of players. That was like 60 players. Um, and then I finished, I think, fourth at the Lone Star Open, which was a pretty big event. So, um, yeah, they just, I mean, those are just three events that I was planning on going. Two of them are in Texas, and then the other one's obviously NashCon. Um, so I was just planning to go to those regardless, and they all happen to be LV or LVOIS qualifiers. Awesome. So we, you know, won the events, got our points, got our ticket, or our invitation. Um, I don't believe the invitation came with a ticket. Um, so if you do want to do this, keep in mind, you also have to get your ticket for the event and for MCP. Um, and then of course, get out to Las Vegas. Um, so you two made it to Las Vegas. Um, how was the event? So uh, what day did y'all get in? I came in Thursday morning. Uh, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, uh, was able to kind of hang out for the day a little bit. The con officially opened Friday morning, and you were allowed to register Thursday night. So, I mean, it's Vegas is always a great place to be when you have a little bit of time to kill. Um, obviously, there's time to do. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's a city designed to kill time. It's very specifically. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they pump oxygen in to make sure you have lots of time to kill. True. 
so when did you when did you get in? So did you get around in around the same time? Uh, close. I came in just a little bit later Thursday evening. Um, mm-hmm. I got in about six or seven Thursday evening and kind of got in, got to the hotel, and then we uh, went and checked in, or I checked in, and then we went and had a nice dinner, and that was Thursday night. I will say, I think one of my favorite parts about going to conventions and games out, out of town is getting together with your, your convention friends and your tournament friends from the game and going out to, to eat like for whatever meals constantly and being able to talk with a, a good group of people that you don't normally get to eat with. Yeah, most definitely. That's, I mean, that's pretty much the reason to do these cons. Obviously we as competitive players go to win, but, uh, I mean the, the number one thing and the best part about them are the relationships you make and the friends you make. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would say it's it's a it's a bringing together of the national community, and, and that's the best part about this stuff is playing in a game with somebody you've never met, and then you end up hanging out later, grab a drink, grab dinner. I mean, even breakfast the next morning, right? Like uh, lots of time to hang out in the in and around playing games, um, especially if you've already qualified. Uh, so Sooner and I didn't really technically have to play games until Saturday, which gave us all day Friday to sit around and talk about the game and hang out with folks, grab lunch, um, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's a great opportunity to meet folks and everybody's super cool. Oh yeah, definitely. I, one of the things I've liked about it, every single person I played or met in this game, even they've all been super nice, super chill. I, I haven't, I don't think I've had a tournament game where I've come away feeling like bad Whereas what I also play card games, I play uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and I used to play Magic. Uh, there's a lot of, like, just going to locals, like a four-round locals, most weeks you kind of have that one game with that one guy. You're like, ugh, really don't want to do that again. But I, I've never had that experience in this game. Um, so you, I, my next question was actually somewhat answered. Uh, so Saturday, you guys really didn't have anything to do because that was the day of the last chance, or not Saturday, Friday was the day of the last chance qualifier where people who hadn't qualified could come in and play in a huge event to try to secure some of the last spots in the invitational. And you guys just played casual games or was there other events that y'all played in or could have participated in? Uh, yeah. I mean, we just basically, uh, so both of us just kind of hung around a lot of the day. We kind of played some casual games Later in the day, I ended up getting into a little scramble. Um, they were running scrambles throughout the day, so I ended up getting in a little scramble and played a couple games in that. Um, but uh, mostly it was just kind of talking to people and, and just playing a casual game here and there. Yeah, we both we both ended up in the same scramble, even though we weren't staying together and from the same area. But that was two games. We didn't have to play each other, so that was good. Um, and then the rest of it was just kind of sitting around dojoing with people. Um, we got to meet uh, Vodka Blitz for the first time, had never met Simon before, and that was great. Um, no DeLuca, but got to sit around with him. And just being able to hang out with those guys and, and hear their stories about the game and their views and their opinions and stuff in like a dojo setting, like in, you know, just sitting around in a circle of chairs um, mm. is, is so, so much fun. It's, it's so valuable. And everybody's like tinkering with their lists, like last minute, like, should I bring this guy or do I drop this tactics card? You know, lots of different fun stuff, kind of last minute people thinking about stuff in the meta and the scenarios, and especially in the meta we're in. Right. Cause, cause everything's so new with the scenarios. 
yeah the, the 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 current meta feels like almost anything can just like randomly turn around and be good not maybe like you know winning an event this size but could come out and just surprise you um maybe even shield maybe even shield <laughs> um so saturday was just mostly a chill day for you guys because you didn't have to but if you if you were going to lvo without the invitation because that is totally doable the uh the the last chance qualifiers kind of where you want to go um so scrambles was there any like narrative stuff there on friday i I imagine not i imagine the big focus was the lcq yeah the scrambles were not narrative focused they were basically just a way for people to get organized games and the uh definitely the focus was on the lcq i mean it had 92 people which i know is the biggest tournament in the u.s so far so it was uh certainly uh, all the focus was there and we were just kind of fending for ourselves. Lexa uh, did the scrambles and did a good job putting that on for us. So um, that was basically it. You mean uh, Lexa White from uh, Morlocks? Correct. Correct. Awesome. Yeah. I had heard she was around doing stuff, but I didn't know she was doing uh, like uh, scrambles and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, she helped all weekend. She was a lot of help, and uh, she was the one running the scrambles. Yep, very helpful to you. Nice. It, it is also worth noting that this is a you know this is a huge convention, right? The uh, the forty k competition had nine hundred people in it. Yes. Um, and and then there was also a vendor hall, and so it's kind of fun to you know putz around and look at the booths and see what other people are working on, you know, custom dice and, and other stuff. Uh, so that was fun. If you just like looking at cool painted models, right? You can go look at forty k Age of Sigmar tables or any other other games that are there um you know i had a lot of friends coming from war machine we all kind of dispersed <laughs> and so i know a lot of uh folks that still play 40k so i got to go over there and visit with them um so having you know a bunch of folks around you also makes for a very fun experience i mean i spent 95 percent of my time in that mcp area um you know meeting people and cheering people on in the lcq and everything but it was also nice to have the rest of the convention around us yeah it i think it's very important to mention this is a huge event mcp is uh relatively new and maybe a little bit smaller than some of the more established games that are there like you said like 900 people for uh warhammer as opposed to 90 for <laughs> for our last chance qualifier but still impressive that we have 90 for the, the last chance qualifier and at least enough people to do multiple scrambles right so a, a a good triple digit number of people were at this event for this game yeah it was a great showing uh, by the mcp community it was uh, quite a quite a lot of people which was awesome and growing too thankfully so saturday night of course you're going to be uh, i keep saying saturday <laughs> friday night scrambles and preparing for the event wake up early what's your process for the invitational, right? So like you wake up Saturday morning, what was your, what, what did y'all need to do to get to the invitational and get, get to start playing? Yeah. For me, I always want to, when I'm at any event, I want to always eat a, a good breakfast. Um, that kind of carries me over. And sometimes I don't even need lunch when I do that. And I just kind of found that that kind of fuels me through the rest of the day. 
Um, so uh, I forced Ryan to find us out a uh, <laughs> breakfast buffet. And uh, we had to search high and low, but we found a really good one. And we went and ate at that breakfast buffet. Yeah, that was part of Wednesday, sorry, part of Friday in preparation for Saturday was like laying the groundwork. Where are we going to go get breakfast? Let's run to, it was a Walgreens that was across the street to grab some waters, to grab some protein bars, right? Like part of Friday was laying the groundwork to be ready for Saturday to make sure we were good to go. Um, mm -hmm. For me, I get headaches at these events all the time. So I got to make sure I have Tylenol and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> keep my head in it, yeah. But yeah, I, but yeah, not much. I mean, at once we, you know, Saturday came along, we, um, let's see, we, I think, didn't we eat breakfast at the little, little breakfast place downstairs and then went straight to it? Straight yeah, to Friday was the big buffet meal, which was fantastic. And then the buffet opened too late on Saturday to get there and then go to the con. So we ate at a little restaurant inside of the hotel, um, which was still good. And then went over to nice yeah i i totally feel that headache thing uh i think it's always like round three or four i hit i hit it i start getting a headache and i have the question is this a caffeine headache because i need i need a coke or something or is this because i need water <laughs> so i take a like an advil or or a tylenol or something and then just get both <laughs> and it it sounds really ridiculous but like is it water totally a thing especially in vegas right because you're right. you're you're in a desert the hard thing about water is uh, I got a tiny bladder. I need to use the restroom in between games. And, and I want to make sure I don't drink too much because it, you don't want to be dancing around while you're playing. So it kind of gets you both ways, right? You, you almost want to be <laughs> a tiny bit dehydrated so that you're fine during your games, but you don't want to give yourself a headache. So uh, exactly. it's always helpful. You got to be a little dehydrated so you're on edge. Yeah. Get your, sharp, get your instincts going. You got your survival instincts. You think, oh, I have to win this game so I can reward myself with two sips of water. <laughs> but no, being being hydrated and snacks. I love having like like protein bars are good. I like to have like little crackers or uh, something not sweet to have as like a snack either between rounds or every other round or something. So that you're since not I, feeling sickish. Since I got there early, I, I texted, uh, I sent Tuner a text and I was like, okay, I'm going to the grocery store. What do you want me to pick up for you? Um, and so, again, that's another part of this is trying to help take care of each other. Um, um, spoiler alert, Sooner did better than I did. And so for, for the most part, I'm thinking about this, like, how do I help him to be the most prepared for his games the next day mm -hmm. um, and just try to be a buddy and help out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Saturday, right? So we've got our... We got our snacks. We've got our we got our water. You go to the event. I'm sure uh, Omnis or Tyson had a really good intro speech where he told you to call Judge and uh, have a good time. And round one starts. What was the process of finding your tables like? And like getting to, like was terrain set up? Did you set up terrain? Uh, like, and how did you like find your opponent? Uh, yeah, I mean it was like any any tournament pretty much everybody runs nowadays as well run terrain's already on the on the board uh they had all the uh, tables numbered and you just checked long shanks and it showed the pairings and it showed what table you were on and you met your opponent at your table super super simple just like every tournament i i will add i 
I, did we, you mentioned that it was a bracketed event earlier in the conversation, uh, and mm -hmm. that, that's absolutely true. There was a bracket, right? There was a set 64 pairings. So you knew who your first round opponent was going to be, and they actually posted the bracket the evening before, oh. um, including lists. So, so Sooner and I got to see who we were playing and we got to look at lists. So there's pros and cons to it, right? But, it, but what it did do is, you know, when we went to, no, it was after dinner. Well, especially when we were at breakfast the next morning, you know, we were chatty about who we were going to play. So we already had our table numbers. We had, we knew what opponent we were playing and we knew what their list was. So there was a little bit of prep available. Oh, that's really cool. I actually really like that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's pros and cons about it. I mean, I, I kind of prefer you just show up and you get your opponent and so no one can prep. Um, but I do see the pros and cons about it, especially having a bracket where people can get excited, make predictions and things like that. I definitely can see where, you know, having having like extra prep before the event like I can see like the, some of the cons for that personally, I really like brackets. Cause I think it's really easy for me sitting in Birmingham, Alabama, like trying to loosely keep up with this stuff at work, being able to like, you know, flip over and look at the bracket and see how it's filling out and how people are doing. I think it's really cool for other people. And then as a player, it's nice to, you know, look at where you are and kind of make a plan for, uh, with a 64 player bracket, it's a little bit hard at the beginning, but as, as stuff starts to break down, right, you can look at your next uh, your next possible opponents and be like, here's the steps I kind of maybe need to prepare for in order to make it. Like your bad matchups, who do you want to win <laughs> uh, for your next pairing so that you can uh, maybe get a better, you're not playing, if you're not good into Brotherhood, maybe you're like, oh, I'd rather that Guardians player beat that Brotherhood player so I can get, <laughs> I don't have to play the Brotherhood guy. Um, so, First round, how did y'all's first round go? I mean, not huge, like, play-by-plays, but how did it go? Who'd you play, and did you make it? Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, my first round, um, I was on table two, you know, just as luck would have it. Start, good start to the day. Mm -hmm. um, I played against Hyper Viper um, from the Rogue Agents podcast. Nice. Um, he's out in LA and, um, and I have some old friends from war machine out there. So it was kind of funny because some of those players have transferred over to MCP. And so we, we knew similar people, um, which was great. Um, so played, played round one. Um, I played a good game. Um, I would like to say I played a really good game. Dice were also very heavily in my favor. Um, and so I was able to pull out the win on that one. Um, I was playing X-Men. Uh, and he was playing Avengers. Um, and, and I was playing a little bit more of an X-Men. I don't want to call it X-Men Red, but I did have uh, Red Skull in there. It was more of a hybrid, so kind of between traditional X-Men and an X-Men Red. Uh, and I won that one 17 to 6. So. X-Men Red is one that uses the, the new Red Skull uh, Master of Hydra. And what's another little thing that like, makes it different than traditional? So the Red Skull is the primary, you know, heavy punch, um, very, very good action economy with uh, the jump and the grunts. The other reason it's kind of red is they tend to run like Red Guardian as a bodyguard target. And you run Red Guardian instead of Luke Cage because Red Skull um, 
can can be really tight on power sometimes. And in Heroes for Hire, the the Luke Cage is not the one that pays for Heroes for Hire, right? Red Skull has to pay for it. He usually right. doesn't have the two power to pay for it. Red Guardian, he generates power well, and Red Guardian's the one that pays the power. And so the idea behind a general X-Men Red is to really protect Red Skull and let him just punch people. Um, my game plan was more of a threat saturation. I wanted to, rather than protecting Red Skull, I just wanted to give my opponents really difficult decisions. So it's a really aggressive Red Skull, a really aggressive Logan, a really aggressive X-23, um, and, and force people into tough spots. A lot of, well, if I don't attack Red Skull, then Logan's going to kill me. But if I attack Logan, then X-23 is right there. And then you might do this and you might like that kind of, that kind of game plan. Yep, absolutely. And, and they're all hyper mobile. Um, you know, I'm standing on your back points very quickly. Um, and, and, and it kind of forced my opponent to adjust while I'm getting action economy out of all of my characters, right? Cause all of those characters attack and move at the same time. And that was the, the thesis for the list. Yep. They can attack and move. Or if you're, in a position you can do the uh, X-Men hop. So uh, you don't even have to like pay for their pay and move stuff. You can just do it. You just get the benefit from it. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah. So sooner, how did you, what was, what was your list first before we get into this? Um, so I decided to play brotherhood. Um, I wanted to play something I, I had never played before in uh, LVO. So a couple months before the events, uh, when I resumed playing, uh, basically right when the crisis changes were announced, is when I started playing again, and after my break, and I picked up Brotherhood, and it was a uh, mostly Brotherhood um, roster. The only two spots that weren't Brotherhood was um, X-23 and Hulk, and they we're really kind of both in there for very specific reasons. Um, I think I only played Hulk one time, and I think I only played X-23 one time. Um, but the rest of it was all your normal Brotherhood, Mags, Jugs, Mystique, Pyro, Blob, Apex Predator, all the, the normal ones. My Secures were uh, basically trying to force a middle fight. I had Meteors, Demons, and Intrusions, so that's where I obviously play magneto and my extracts were research station um the alien ship the one that pushes i believe or is that scrolls maybe scrolls um yeah it's scrolls scrolls yeah alien ship is the damage one so scrolls and then my last one was senators because i was running a pretty degenerate list that we will probably <laughs> want to talk about um on uh, senators if that ever came up um, it, I'm looking at your games and it does come up in the, yeah, we played it once. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So not in this one though, but who did you play this time? Or actually so I got, I got my good friend, Sammy, two guns, Sammy so, two pews, finger guns. That's right. So it was me and old finger guns. So quite the, uh, the heavy handed first round matchup there. Um, both of us had had a lot of success in this game and we got paired up round one. Um, he was playing Convocation, um, which I think uh, Brotherhood has a pretty good matchup into. Um, so I think that kind of helped me. Um, it was my only game all weekend that I won Pryo. I was one for five on Pryo. Wow. Um, 
and uh, it did help though because I was able to get kind of that Magneto middle fight, and we got uh, meteors. And yeah, I mean, I just out attritioned him. I will say, I think Sam made uh, a little bit of a mistake. Um, I went four wide uh, just because I wanted to try to stay more narrow. I think we were playing eight or 19 points yeah 19 points uh and i went four wide to stay narrow so i could keep prio um because i knew that dr strange was going to port me away and then i knew that i could just asteroid him in right back in and just kill him um so that was kind of the goal and sam went five wide and so that really allowed me to keep prio all game while i was killing his stuff and uh that's basically how it went. I mean, Sam did a good round two play, but he walked up with Strange, ported away my Magneto, and I was able to uh, daze him uh, that turn with my other models. And I brought Magneto in for the next round, and Magneto threw uh, size four terrain at Strange and then one attack, and he was KO'd. Wow. I was, I was going to say he probably threw um, just short of 11 million dice at a doctor strange but it didn't sound like he needed to do that no i i had a, it was a good terrain board so there was a lot of terrain and strange was just sitting next to a size four and uh and i knew going into the round i set it up where i double moved i think i double moved i don't even think i'd asteroid him in maybe i did but i i basically set it up where magneto is sitting right next to him and right next to strange for prio for next town next turn Nice. And it was a bloodbath. Like, my dice were pretty good. He just didn't have... I mean, I, there was so much terrain, and he just had no way... Like, Brace wasn't enough, and I just killed Voodoo. I killed Strange really quick, and from there, he just didn't have the oomph. Because he's playing Lockjaw and Wong also, and, like, so once I killed Voodoo and Strange, he just had, like, nothing. Nice. And that was it. I took him down and moved on. All right, so a win for both of you, round one. Uh, round two, Ryan, how did your round two go? And what was, after after coming off the win round one, what do you, what did you guys kind of do? What, what, like, what was your in-between round, uh, uh, I guess, plan? Uh, yeah, so after round one, uh, they gave us a very generous break. Um, the rounds were two hours and then they gave us an hour break in between each rounds which um, sounds great I'll be honest I didn't like it and I hope they kind of dial that down because usually your game only lasted like an hour or an hour and a half and so that really a lot of times gave you like an hour and a half break in between games which I mean it was nice to be able to go get food or water or drinks but it was a, a quite a long time between games. Um I'm more of kind of the person who would rather get into it a little quicker than that. Um but yeah, I mean that's basically what you did. You kind of walked around and kind of bided your time until the next round. Yeah, we even had enough time on that round where you and I both finished up reasonably early <clears throat> and um we went upstairs because we had had big enough breakfast to, you know, you're not hungry yet. Um, and we, we sat in the room for a little while and, uh, you know, talked a little bit about lists for the next match and watched list tallies come in right on long shanks. Um, but otherwise yeah, we just, we just kind of waited. An hour is kind of an excessive amount of time. Like 
I, I kind of agree. Like, it's nice to get a break, but I think I'd rather have like shorter time between so that I can just keep in the game and keep playing and get get the event over with maybe a little bit quicker. And if I'm going to have a long break, like an hour or an hour and a half for like lunch or something so that you can go out and get a nice lunch with people, that be your relaxed time and then right back to it. Well, and the other thing is we, we kind of talked about this, right? You're in Vegas, right? So if your rounds end at five, not seven, you know, look, it's Vegas, right? Everybody's up late anyway. So, but, but it gives you, if you're done at five or six instead of seven, it just gives you that much more time to go out and plan a dinner and go out and hang out and people watch on the strip and do all kinds of other stuff. Right. So the, the opportunity cost is pretty low when you're in Vegas or maybe pretty high, I guess is pretty when you're in Vegas. Cause there's so much other stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like in Nashcon, you know, you're in Nashville. There's nothing to do for like 20 or 30 minutes away. <laughs> You're like, were you guys, this is basically on the strip too, or pretty close to it. We were at the, uh, the Rio, uh, which is off the strip. Um, it was like a 30 minute walk, which we never did, or like, oh. uh, like a 10 minute to 12 minute cab ride to get over to the strip. Um, so for Friday night, we went to dinner over at Bellagio, um, just to kind of get over there. Um, so actually for dinner every night, I ended up leaving the casino. Um, we always went somewhere else. Uh, it, it used to be on the strip at Bally's, which was, which was, in my opinion, a lot better. It was nice to be on the strip. Mm. Yeah. It, even then there's still probably a nearly infinite amount of things to do, uh, between rounds. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into round two real quick. Uh, so Ryan, how did your round two go? Who did you play against? Yeah, I'll be quick on this one. Um, I got Jeremy Jeffrey, um, who was playing Guardians with Malekith, so I was a little scared of that. Um, uh, sad news, this is where I lose. Um, and and so really, this is kind of the end of the tournament for me. Um, it wasn't actually a single elimination. There was a Swiss pairing behind the bracket that you could participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, very, very, very close game. Uh, lost 19 to 17 and it came down to at the very end of the game I was in an advantage position I was winning and his Hulk is kind of out of position because my Hulk had thrown him and his Hulk goes he's on three power gamma so he's now he's empty walk walk and then he gets one attack he punches my loot cage he only has three damage on him so he's rolling seven dice if he can kill my Luke Cage, he's good. He rolls seven dice and gets nine successes. Oh, no. Um, I rolled two blocks, reduced by one. One shots my Luke Cage, allows him to flip a point, and then there was an extract that Luke could have picked up because he hadn't activated yet, and I'm unable to pick up that extract. It's a three VP swing, and he wins by two. Jeremy was a fantastic opponent, really loved the game. He was great, but... He knocked me out, and so effectively that kind of that kind of ended my run. Uh, and I will say it is important to go into these events with reasonable expectations. I started playing in April. I've got a gamer's background, but MCP is so different from anything else I've ever played. My goal was to qualify, right? Right. Um, my goal was to just get there and be present. Uh, I won my first game, and I was super excited about it. And so after losing the second one, you know, I was kind of on borrowed time, so just very happy with with kind of my year as it as it wrapped up. Yeah, I mean, starting in April, that is impressive to go to 
qualify for one of the bigger events in the game right now. And uh, winning against Hyper Hyper Viper is a good good player. So not an unimpressive. Uh, well, that's a double negative. I should just say that it's an impressive, <laughs> an impressive run. Uh, and you said there there was Swiss going on in the background. So did you continue to play through Swiss? I, I did play two more games after this, but my my head wasn't in it. I, once yeah. I lost that first game, I kind of I made a really bad error in my third game, mm-hmm. um, and then my fourth game um, I played Brian Terwilliger, incredible person, love him, um, probably my favorite person that I met over the weekend. He crushed me with the uh, nastiness that that sooner will explain to everybody. <laughs> So I think we have teased it enough. So Sooner, will you please tell us about your second round? Yeah, so I played a really nice uh, fellow playing Spider Foes, and um, we pulled Scoundrels and Senators. And for everybody who doesn't know, you need to get on the know that if they have Senators and they have Mystique with Hulk and Juggernaut, um, it, you better have an answer to this because it is a really can be almost a, a pretty degenerate game. So um, that's what we got. What happens basically is Mystique's leadership obviously lets you pick up the um, extract and then you get your power back. So what you do is you have a team like Mystique, Hulk, Juggernaut, Toad, and then I play Pyro. Um, and what happens is Juggernaut and Hulk can move, move, pick up the the opposing player's Senator, and they still have three power because they get that power for free, so they both can slide and jump back to the secure. So they steal your Senator and get to safety, or relative safety, on the secure especially playing scoundrels. So mind you, this is an 11 point game. Uh, There's 11 points on the uh, board. Um, The second thing is obviously mystique has deception. So your opponent can't really go up and grab one right away. So, I mean, my opponent, I, I, I'm not sure if he had seen this list, um, but he played it well. He moved Rhino up. Rhino had the card. Uh, we are a robbery. So he moved him up and left him within two um, and didn't pick up a senator. I think thinking that he would able to now move up and get the rest of them and be protected by deception. Well, the problem is, is that now gives me a leg up. So I started the train. Uh, picking up senators, I end up with a 4-2 senator lead and uh, basically scored it out 6-3, 6-3, 6-3, and it was an end of round three game. So, I mean, basically what you do is you just get up. Uh, Hulk and Jugs are so good on senators because they don't care about the one less movement. And uh, it's a, a really dirty list. Mystique can move once and be on a senator. So if they do decide to you know, move somebody or don't, you know, have no way to do a single, single uh, grab. Um, The other thing is senators, you can only move once. So they're the whole like X-Men jump and grab and get away or the Angelo or ASM grab it and move away. You can't do that because you only get one movement. So you're stuck there. So you have to have some sort of out of, uh, you know, like Hulk's jump or Juggernaut's 
push to get away. So it's degenerate. Uh, you need to be ready for it if they have um, Mystique. If they have Mystique um, and you're not ready for it, I would pick Extract so you don't run into it. Right. Unless you also have uh, the uh, Senators and then just hope you, you don't get the one in three chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So safe to say you won this game. Yeah. Just so, by the way you said. <laughs> so I won, won that game. Again, nice guy. Really nice guy. It was a good game. Um, won that. Was able to win my round three game. Uh, and then so I was uh, going to bed that night, uh, going into the top eight, and was hoping hoping to win it. Yeah. So end of Saturday, uh, they cut to top eight. So the top eight players would be able to come back uh, the next day and finish out the last three rounds. Um, and of course you're in it. Uh, do you do any, do y'all do anything like that night to help prepare for, No, they had the, again, it was a bracket. So they had, you could see your opponent's list. Uh, my opponent was playing a Sam Avengers with mystique, but mystique was just in there for the senators play. Um, so he was other, everything else he was playing Sam, um and so uh i mean I, I there wasn't any you know big prep i had to be done or anything like that just need to show up and, and try to play the best game i could was there anything else in the bracket like coming up that you were a little nervous about maybe no not really i felt like if i got past this game um there was a good chance i was going to play simon or vodka blitz and i felt very strong about my uh x-men matchup so i actually really liked uh, a potential top four matchup there um and then you know if if you win that you're into the finals so we get up you come to this game uh who's your opponent and how does this go Uh, my opponent's name i believe was andrew he is from wyoming he is a fantastic player um and uh spoiler alert uh he beat me he actually made it to the finals he lost in the finals um to the eventual winner, but um, it was an interesting game. So I may have made a mistake turn zero. I'm still not sure um, The he was a wonderful opponent and played really, really well, did not make a mistake. Um, certainly it was a very one-sided game. Um, what I mean by that is I did about a million attacks and throws into Hulk and his Hulk never died. Um, and if I am able to get his Hulk, it becomes a very interesting game. Um, Juggernaut one-shot Apex Predator round one, and then one-shot Apex Predator round two. Um, so yes, that was nine hits the first round, and then the second round, one-shot him with seven hits. Um, I, I won't go into detail, but yeah, it was one of the worst dicings I've ever had. That being said, he played perfectly to his outs, he limited what I could do, um, and, and just obviously he's an exceptional player. He made it to the finals in the LVO uh, Invitational. So uh, really well done. Uh, maybe I should have played Mystique. I played Mags because there was a million size three terrains, um, and I threw them all, <laughs> every single one of them, um, <laughs> but it uh, was not enough. Um a lot of blocks coming on Hulk's end. So uh, it was what it was. Uh, again, losing to a really good opponent like that, you know, I was disappointed because I really had hopes of winning the whole thing. 
but uh, he uh, played a wonderful, wonderful game, took his advantages and, and played, played to his outs and played a great game. That, that sounds like it. And top eight is still really good. Making it to quarterfinals uh, for a really competitive event like this is still really good. Did they give you like a final placement or was it just uh, like the eighth through four, eight through fifth or whatever? No, like, I mean, if you placement? played it out, then, you know, you kept going in the Swiss tournament, but. Yeah, no. I mean, they didn't do any like finals other than the mm. Swiss the Swiss tournament that played out. I see. Well, unfortunately losing in the quarterfinals, but having a lot of fun, it sounds like, uh, with a lot of really good games. Um, what do you two do after this? What does the rest of the event look like? So I finished out. Um, I wasn't going to. I was going to drop because I was uh, a little, little down about uh, losing. Um, but I decided that I didn't really have much else to do. I didn't really want to go gamble. And uh, so I decided to go ahead and play it out. So I went ahead and played it out. And uh, I don't know, Ryan kind of just loitered around, right? <laughs> I, I, I still went and, you know, a lot of my uh, friends that were playing 40K were around. So I went and hung out and visited with them. You know, these are folks in L.A. and Phoenix that I haven't seen in years. And so that's, that. you know, like we talked about the other side of the con where you visit with friends that was that was fun and i went and and, and visited over there and, and still got to kind of putz around the mcp tables and and say hi to different people and you know like for for sooner's last game uh played a gentleman christian um great guy um lives in irvine california uh, i played him at socal open um he and i played each other twice uh, actually went one and one and so it was kind of fun to see him at the at the end and you know you know hey how's it going and, and all that well, nice. What what other events were happening on Sunday? Um, I'm assuming more scrambles, like Saturday. They had, a, they had a team tournament. Um, oh. And I I wasn't smart enough to pay attention to the team tournament. Otherwise, I would have dropped day one and gone and played the team tournament. The <laughs> team tournament probably had, uh, Nathan, what do you think, 20 teams? Wow. Yeah, they had 39 people, I think, play in it. Okay. So 13 teams, which is fantastic on teams of three. So this is more like the, um, for people who play War Machine, like the uh, uh, WTC stuff, right? Where you have like three players and then they have three players and you do like matchup selection and stuff. Or is it like uh, what they did at Adepticon where it was a 2v2? No, it was uh, more of a WTC. There were three people per team and I think each played an individual game and whoever's team won two or three games won the the, uh, round. That's really cool. I, that's exciting. I, team team events are very interesting. Not the. I don't want to get too in depth because I will talk about team events. Uh. Yeah, so hindsight definitely should have done the team event. That looked like it was a lot of fun. Uh, people were having a good time over there. Awesome. So, kind of wrapping up, what were your overall thoughts of the event? Like your your uh, performance, how, how the event ran, how smoothly, or maybe some speed bumps it ran. We've talked to. I think we mentioned a couple of things kind of here and there, but let's kind of get them all together here. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. I mean, I thought the the event was wonderful. Tyson and Charles did a great job. They did a wonderful job running the event. Uh, like I said, my only very small gripe is maybe a little too much time in between rounds. Um, but uh, wonderful job running the event. They are great guys, obviously. Um, 
Uh, personally, you know, I went into this not having any expectations. You know, most tournaments I play in MCP just because of my experience. Uh, you know, I do kind of want to win the tournament, but you know, having uh, had that that two to three month break and then coming in, I, I didn't have as many practice games with Brotherhood as I would have liked. Uh, I think it kind of showed um, in my eventual demise in the tournament. Um, but overall, I, I mean, I'm pleased. I mean, I did well to make top eight was, was good uh, in retrospect. Um, but, you know, always, if you don't finish first, you're last. So, you know, I always, <laughs> got, I always got that mindset. So I, I'm right there with you on that. Like, I definitely like to go to play to have fun, but I definitely in my head think, uh, I got to win, right? Like I'm out and I'm like, Oh man, dang. Uh, Yeah. And that's talking about the actual tournament, right? Like I had a phenomenal weekend. Uh, it was so fun getting to see all the people, uh, meeting new people in the community, people that I have, you know, talked to through discord or whatnot and actually getting to meet them, uh, and then all the people I already knew, getting to see them and hang out with them again, um, it was it was just a phenomenal weekend. It's it's what these things are all about. And so yeah, a little disappointed not to do maybe a little better in the tournament, but overall so happy with the weekend, and it was just such a good time. Awesome. Yeah, I I I like we said earlier, meeting the people on like that you play with on Discord or listen to on podcasts. It's it's super fun to just like put a name to a face and like actually get to have a conversation with those people. And I will say for, for people that have not been to big conventions like this, um, you know, these are people that you've literally never met before, right? Like you don't know from Adam sort of thing, but you have an instant bond with every single person there because you both have a deep love for this game and you can talk about it for hours on end. Right. And so that's actually one of the, like the magical things about these gamer friendships is you don't know what this person does for a living. You, you don't know their significant other. They have kids or not, whatever. It, no, no, almost none of that matters. You have such a bond through the game that the, you become very fast friends. Um, and, and so like, it's easy to just grab a group that you've never met before. And you're like, Hey, do you just want to go to dinner? Cause you know, you're going to have great conversations just talking about the game the whole time. Uh, and so it, it makes all that stuff so easy. Oh yeah, definitely. And how did your how did how did the event go for you? Uh, I will I will echo Sooner's uh, compliments to um, Tyson and Charles. Um, they both did a great job. Tyson busted his butt to get a bunch of terrain done. The tables look great. The terrain was great. Um, you know, Tyson is, is really a, a gem in any community that he's in. And, and I've been, um, playing games at his events for years now. Um, and he always does a fantastic, fantastic job. And Charles is, you know, generally more of a traveling competitive player, but, you know, he's decided to help promote this event and he did a great job. Um, you know, he definitely has an eye towards competitive players, but still very much wants good gaming experiences for everybody involved. Um, You know, Josh, you mentioned that the bracket is kind of fun because you can be at home and you can follow the event and all that stuff. And that was all Charles. I mean, that's Charles just trying to create an event for everybody so that everybody can, can be involved and keep track of stuff and, 
and do interviews in between rounds and, you know, cause he's, he's the media person and all that stuff. And so a tremendous amount of thought um, and time went into this event and, and it really showed the guys did a great job. Awesome. Yeah. I, I know Tyson from when I played war machine uh, because I know he did like LVO stuff, but I saw, I, I started playing with convergence of Cirrus. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that table he made for Convergence of Cirrus. Yeah, yeah. And it was like my life's goal to do something cool enough that would let me play on that table. Yeah, I, I played on that table. It's a great oh table. My... <laughs> I'm so I play, jealous. I played on that table too. I'm so jealous. <laughs> that is a. I, I remember like getting into the game, and of course, local game store, just normal tables, and seeing that. I was like, that's what these kind of games can do. I want to do that. I want to play on, I want to play MCP on that table. Sure. Anything. Like these tables are incredible. I, I'd play chess on that table, man. Just (laughs) (laughs) throw, throw burrito or something. I don't know. Just, I want to put some, I want to put something on that table. (laughs) Well, it's really good that you guys had a good time. Uh, And yeah, like big events like that. Love the, just the community aspect is the biggest, most important part. Like, the tournaments are fun. Get, you know, obviously we go because we love the game and we want to play the game, but really it's, it is 100% the people you meet and the friends you make. And like a lot of my best memories are the things I did besides the games. Like the games are usually memorable, but I don't think, man, I want to go have another round one at X event. Like that was a great game. It's, Oh, I really want to go and out to eat at that restaurant again with these, these 10 guys and have like, a two hour conversation, you know, about the game and all kinds of other stuff. That's what's really fun. And speaking of community stuff, um, unless there's anything else you guys want to mention about, uh, actually there is one. Oh, go ahead. I wanted to ask y'all about the, did y'all watch the finals game in person? Uh, I did not. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. They, they had, they really were trying to focus on the quality of the streaming. Mm -hmm. And so they were off, um, kind of adjacent to where all the tables were, probably for noise purposes and all that stuff. Right. Um, it made it a little harder to watch in person. Um, so, I see that makes sense. And congratulations to Vincent Kirkoff uh, of, of what is it, Alfredo Size Three Taco Truck for winning with Shield. Uh, did either of you expect Shield to be the winner of this event? No, I didn't, but I will say this. You know, this just kind of shows that if you put the work in with a a solid affiliation in this game, that you can win anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Vince has played, he picked up Shield as soon as they came out. And he has played God knows how many Shield games. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure, uh, I mean, I don't want to necessarily speak for him, but I'm pretty sure that outside of dabbling with a few games here and there of some other stuff, he's played shield nonstop through until this event. Mm -hmm. And it just shows, I mean, how good he has gotten with this affiliation and, you know, shield is a difficult affiliation to play. And so, you know, him putting all that work and all that practice in to kind of master uh, the affiliation and the way he plays it, uh, kudos to him man that's uh that's awesome work and that just shows like what hard work and dedication can do man mm-hmm. yeah it, it's really one of those things like i i've heard him talking about how 
Shield is incredible. He thinks it's one of the best in the game, if not the best. But I don't see a lot of other people talk about it. It's another, like you said, if you really like something and you really try with this game, you could probably successfully do something really cool with that, with whatever build you want to play. Or maybe not whatever build, but whatever like affiliation or character you really want to put your time into. Like There is no wasted effort in this game, I feel like. Yep. Uh, and also, I, I I watched at home, uh, and I do want to mention, I think my favorite part of this game, and it's the most Marvel Crisis Protocol uh, moment of any game, and it, it's not maybe not the one thing that wins out, that wins the game, because there's so many things that go into it, but it's the highlight, I think, is uh, Vince does a 20-die Helios laser into his opponent's Hulk with 7 health, gets 11 successes to his opponent's five blocks so six damage goes through on the hulk and leaves would leave him on one but because helios laser has a wild ability that does a damage to him it does a damage to all adjacent characters which includes that character or all characters than two it that does the seventh damage and also one more damage to days his opponent's leader uh sam wilson who had just been pushed into him by Iron Man. It was such an insane moment on the on the chat and on the stream where people were trying to figure out, did he roll six or did he roll seven? Is, is Hulk dead? Is he up? What's going to happen? It was, it was incredible. Well, I will say that fella's Hulk is indestructible. So that it finally took a 20 dice attack with Helios laser because I put way more than that into him and he didn't die. <laughs> and, and it was... He that Hulk almost rolled a completely perfect defense roll. He rolled three <laughs> blocks or, or three defense dice with two crits into two more blocks. Yeah, and he rolled he, one more crit, one more block. Perfect. That's uh, he doesn't have regular Hulk, he has the immortal world war Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> world breaker. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. One note, I think, on the Hulk thing um, for, for folks that are maybe a little less experienced, I think the new scenarios and part of why Sooner keeps saying he's indestructible. I mean, A, there's dice involved, right? And I get that that's part of the joke. But also, a lot of the games are finishing maybe around faster, which means yeah. 20, health, 20 health on Hulk. It, it's just you've got to get through that health one turn faster. And so it makes it a lot harder to just burn him down. And so a lot of times Hulk is just surviving throughout these games. I think the tactic of just ignoring is probably becoming more prevalent. Yeah, Hulk yep. has, uh, has kind of gotten borderline too good, <laughs> unfortunately, because I know we had a bad Hulk for a very long time, um, but I think you could make an argument that he's a little too good right now. Definitely. I, and maybe that'll fix itself a little bit as we learn the scenarios a little bit more and maybe some more change, because we're basically playing a whole new game, it feels like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I imagine, fingers crossed, we'll have some more uh, of the characters that haven't gotten horizontal cards, getting a few changes soon. I know some of them really want some love, uh, but no, it, it 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 sitting up from home. It was an exciting event. You guys had a great time. Uh, swerving back onto the community aspect, because um, again, it's the, that is actually the most important part of playing these games going to these events uh, is building a community, making new friends and having other people to enjoy these games with, because you can't just sit at home and enjoy the games. You 
you have to go out there and have people to play with. Yeah, um, in, in light of this game kind of being born in COVID, um, it's developed a tremendous online presence, which is fantastic. TTS is a humongous tool for people. Um, but at the same time, now that it's kind of safer to get back out to events, um, it, it's nice to get out and meet folks. Um, and mm-hmm. so what Sooner and I have kind of worked on with another group of, of event organizers here in Texas is we've created like a, it's, we call it the Texas MPC Champion Circuit. And, and all it really is, is it's a joining of four major cities here in Texas, uh, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Houston. And the goal is to promote local games and community within your city. And then we have one event in each city throughout the year. So it's, the goal there is to promote travel between cities, right? Go learn who the guys are for us, right? We're in Dallas. Go learn who the guys are in the Houston meta, right? Aman is the kind of T.O. down there. Spent a lot of time with Aman over the weekend. He's incredible. Fantastic. Love him. Um, Zach, Mandalorian Orange, is in Austin. Uh, Zach is one of the happiest people you ever meet, right? He's just a total peach. Um, and so it's, it's one of those, like, get out and experience those other metas and get out there and play with them. Um, and, and so really the kind of the goal of even mentioning is this is uh, hoping that other communities, other kind of, you know, I get that not every state's as big as Texas, but other maybe kind of multi-state regional areas um, could form some sort of circuit of their own. Uh, and the goal is just to get people traveling between cities, get to know each other, get out, go have dinner, um, play some games, uh, form a community, get better. Um, you know, but it doesn't have to be about winning. It's about participation and, and making friends and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just about growing the community, basically, and especially like, you know, we are all three or four hours away from each other. So just growing that so tournaments get bigger and things like that, you know, uh, conventions get bigger, more people go to them. Um, Ryan, do you want to kind of tell them just very quickly kind of the setup real quick on what we're doing? Yeah, so we we wanted participation in events at multiple layers. Um, and so basically everybody just earns points. You can earn points for both yourself and for your city. And then at the end of the year, we're going to have a individual champion and we will have a city that has won Texas. Right. Um, and so if you plan just local LGS events, again, the goal is to promote local events, even, um, we say that if you go to a local event, um, you get points. You get points if you if you win a game, if you finish the event, right? You don't drop. You play fully painted, and then you get a, a score kind of based on your record. And then we we kind of copy that from local events to the city level events, right? One big event in each of the cities, uh, and then those ones are worth a little bit more. And then we have a finale. We're going to have a championship at the end of the year that will be in Austin because they're kind of the most central. And so we'll have a big championship event at the end where we will have a, a points ranking total. So we're, we're um, the, the kind of the TOs around the state. We're keeping a Google Doc where we'll drop everybody's names and scores in and we'll be able to tally and keep everything. And it's a Google Doc, so it's easy to have a, a public document available for people. I should add, we, um, we created a Discord group that is Texas-wide 
And again, we have the TOs in the different communities so that they've been able to invite all of their players. And so we have everybody organized inside of a, inside of a Texas Discord so that we can share the events, um, talk with the different cities, and, and where people can access the, um, the, the kind of scores and the data. That's really cool. Once y'all like kind of get that going, I think it would be really cool to pitch that for the Southeast. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about it before the cast, but we like to travel between from here, from here in Birmingham to like Atlanta, Georgia, Memphis, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, Mississippi is starting to pick up a little bit um, and have some stuff. It'd be really cool to get something like that down here. So I'd love to see how y'all kind of grow it and see if we could implement something like that, you know, down in the Southeast. Maybe not me necessarily, because I'm lazy. <laughs> but, you know, maybe I can Shanghai, like, Supreme Overlord Nate um, and, like, Sean or Sandbox out in uh, Memphis or the guys out in Atlanta to um, do that stuff. Because they're way better at organizing things than I'll, I'll ever be. Well, uh, I will say, you know, we've all kind of shared the burden of leadership in this. Um, we have a TO in each city. Um, who have actively run events in the past. And then um, uh, Nathan and I kind of invited ourselves in addition to the <laughs> TOs. Um, and and so, I mean, we actually have six people and everything we've done, we just, you know, we kind of just started a side chat together on Discord and the idea was presented and we talked about it and we just voted on the name and how we wanted to do the, the point structure. Um, you know, I had, I had lobbied for a painting competition and some of the guys were like, nah, that's kind of hard. And I thought, okay, well, maybe we'll try that later, right? So we won't do a painting competition. But we do have a play fully painted. You get points for playing fully painted, right? But that's that's a little easier to do. Yeah. Um, and so relying on even community there makes it so much easier. And then I'm not the one that's running the event in San Antonio. Uh, we have a gentleman who's running, Jason, who's running an event in San Antonio. And so... I don't have to worry about that. I just have to go and show up. And and my job is to rally as much Dallas folk as I can to get them down there and uh, to fight for some points so that we don't lose. So what you're telling me is I can Shanghai Kenny and make him do all the work for me here in Birmingham. Yes. yes. I can good reap the benefits. That. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> it's been my life's goal since we've both been down here trying to help like co-run stuff. I'm like... How much can I make Kenny do before he kills me? See, Josh, you're just a guy with a great idea, right? You're like the CEO. Okay, you got, you got to get you need employees underneath you that actually do the work. <laughs> yeah, so that I can enjoy uh, MCP on my uh, on my yacht, and by that I mean, well, all my friends run events. I can play in them. Yes, and tell them yes. and tell them how they're doing. It's yeah. all it's all for data. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I'm really excited to hear more about this. That sounds like a really cool idea, and. Hopefully, you know, it'd be cool to get something like that started here, but inspire people in other areas to like start building like little travel metas to do stuff like that. And again, meet people and build communities. And I will say my name on the discords is simply Ryan C. Um, or you guys can find Sooner. Sooner is really easy to find. Um, or, or Josh. If you have any questions on the way we set this up or kind of the motivations behind it or anything like that, feel free to message on discord. I'm happy to talk about it. Like I said, the goal is growth and community. We also have tournaments, right? But um, it, it should be a lot of fun. Awesome. I'm super hyped. Um, is there anything else you guys want to go over or do y'all want to go into a few listener questions? 
let's do these listener questions. Listener questions. So we're going to skip a couple of the meme ones. Um, and there's a few that we've already answered in the cast, which I'll kind of, I'll hit and then we'll just go on to the next one. Uh, Captain Funtime asks, Las Vegas has some hot spots when it comes to food. What piece of food stood out to you most on your trip? And what was the one thing you were get either not getting or trying? Uh, I'll go first. So we went to the Brazilian steakhouse Fogo and what stood out to me the most is not the steak and all the million pounds of meat that I ate. They had <laughs> this like honey grilled cheese bread that Ooh. was so phenomenal. I could just eat that, but it was so unbelievable good. They only brought it out one time, but it was so good. It looked like this little white piece of bread, but you ate it. It was like cheese, like melted cheese with like, a little bit of honey drizzled on it and it was so good that sounds incredible <laughs> i'm hungry now <laughs> it, it was pretty good especially after it kind of broke up the profile of um all the meat that we were having um we uh we, we went to a we nathan and i were both super excited to go to one of the buffets right it's it's vegas their their buffets are world famous and the buffet at our hotel was closed Oh. Um, so we we walked. It was only like fifteen minutes down to the Palms. Um, so still not on the Strip, but on that side. And the Palms had a had a very nice buffet. And so we got to do the buffet Friday morning, and that was a lot of fun. Um, what was it? The monkey bread? Is that what the, what it was? It was kind yeah. of like a like a French toast thing. Um, God, that was good. I mean, it was terrible for me, but God, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that buffet was great. That was a really good buffet. Well, awesome guys i food is like I, I keep talking about dinners and stuff food's like one of my favorite parts of events going and trying cool stuff so i was gonna ask that question if he didn't so glad someone else did um one absolute matt uh new host of our uh future shatterpoint the game's called shatterpoint right shatterproof yes. yep. shatterpoint. shatterpoint star wars shatterpoint you can tell him how excited i am for that one <laughs> uh host of our new Shatterpoint podcast upcoming um, asks a couple of these questions we've already answered. So how did you guys feel about the added extra hour between rounds? We kind of went over that. Um, how did you enjoy the bracket setup on Longshanks for the tournament versus Swiss? Okay. Did y'all want to talk any more about either of those or did y'all kind of get all your, your thoughts out earlier? No, I mean, I think the bracket's great. I mean, it's nice knowing the opponents and it's very nice for people to follow. So I think overall it was great. The uh, yeah. question, did you want to say yeah. something real quick? No, I was going to say, yeah, no, the, the bracket was fine. It's, it's kind of neat to see it all laid out in that format. Mm-hmm. And it also sets the, the the event apart as being distinct and unique because there's no other tournament that does a bracket. And so it kind of gives you a fun thing. You're in Vegas. You're, you're I guess, a little closer to March Madness. So it's just kind of neat to have one event set up like this. Oh, man, they need to do, like, March Madness stuff where you can, like, the month before start releasing the bracket and let, <laughs> letting us letting us see who's playing who we uh, did make a bracket for war machine one year for the invitational for that for war machine weekend um mm-hmm. we ran off brackets we, we ran like 20 dollars buy-ins and paid out all the prizes and we had sponsors and stuff like that and that was a lot of fun the year we did it oh sounds awesome <laughs> um his next question we haven't t- hit on so uh how much brotherhood do you think will be at future events with the showing they had at the event I'll take this because I played them. I think a lot. 
Um, I think the, the three most popular affiliations that were played there was Brotherhood, X-Men, and Avengers. And I think you're going to con continue to see a lot of those uh, affiliations at tournaments. Um, Brotherhood was already popular. They're in a very good spot. Uh, they're very well made where, you know, Magneto can take care of the fighty secures and Mystique can kind of go and try to do the, the wide uh, extract game. So I think they're in a really good spot. I think you're going to continue to see a lot of Brotherhood, and I think they're very strong. You mean the uh, Sabretooth affiliation? Yes, they, uh, <laughs> they seem they seem very good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sooner we'll tell you, I, I guess. I don't have to say it here, but Sabretooth is a monster. And that's, that's a big reason you play that affiliation, and he's a new model, and he's shiny, and he's great, and he murders everything. And, uh, yeah, we're going to see a lot of Brotherhood. Truly the apex predator of the, of the meta, it sounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like of the the multi-leader affiliations, Brotherhood feels the coolest in terms of, like, what their two leaders do. Like, of course, I think the next best is probably, like, Sam and Steve. Uh, but I feel like the way that Magneto and Mystique interact with each other and kind of also do really well together. Like, I think that's really unique and cool and probably contributes a little bit to how popular they are. Um, Rhino asked a question for Ryan. Uh, he says, speaking on you, I'd be interested to see how he found the transition to MCP and to wonder how he'd pitch it to people who play other game systems like Warhammer, War Machine, Legion, or anything like that. Um, so coming from War Machine and having played 40K, the thing the thing with War Machine that always spoke to me was just a very clean rule set. Um, and, and, and that's what I would pitch most here for MCP is, is the measurements are all very clean. Uh, the rules are well understood. Uh, you know, the dice are funky, but that's just because they spike weird. Everything else is, is incredible. Um, it's incredibly clean. And so that's really what I liked in War Machine. Um, and I get that 40K has gotten a lot better, but it, it still feels weird to me. Um, so, so I would say if you're after a good, clean rule set, um, that's what I'm looking at more for MCP, um, just as a gamer. And then obviously the IP is fantastic. I mean, who doesn't love superheroes? The first game I ever played, I played with Thor. And I, I, I had I had good Thor. I rolled the wilds, right? I got to I got to charge somebody. I got to hit him with my hammer. And then I got to throw him. And then I had enough power to throw a car. And and just the 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 cinema of it all was fantastic. Uh, but but really, it was the tightness of the rules that kind of got me here. I feel like that's the way Thor works. You play him when you're new to the game, and he's awesome. You're like this is this is Thor. And then when you start playing the game for real, then you get Fat <laughs> Thor, and he's too busy playing Call of Duty to care about hitting his wilds and getting enough power to charge. <laughs> you know, he got me to buy a hundred models, right? So um, <laughs> he did his job. He was he was the gateway drug that I needed. He uh, is the he is the ultimate MCP gateway drug of any yeah. model, I think. Yeah, he was great. Um. House, Will from House Party Protocol asks, do we see S.H.I.E.L.D. becoming one of the most popular affiliations after winning a major event? Uh, we touched on it a little bit. I don't think so. I think they, their popularity may spike a little bit, but um, 
I, I think again, and, and Josh, you've played some shield um, mm-hmm. as have I, uh, they're a very difficult affiliation to play. So, and they have a lot of close games. Like they don't seem to ever blow anybody out, but no one ever blows them out. So um, I, I just think it takes the, the, you know, a person who's going to be dedicated like Vince was uh, to really, to bring them up. So I think you may have a small spike, but I don't think they're going to become one of the most popular affiliations. I also don't think, you know, people get super excited to play Nick Fury and Nick Fury Sr. and things like that as yeah, characters. They got all the spies and the like, the secret agents and stuff. So no, no, like big flashy characters really. And like you said, like they love to live on the edge. They like to live one point behind their opponent so they get all the cool abilities on Nick Fury's leadership. And so they have like this really weird balance. They're one you can't pick up and play really. You have to like, like you said, really dedicate. So we might get some people trying them, but then they'll drop them when they realize like, oh, this is this is going to take a lot of time to work with. Um, but it does show, I think that like if you want to play Shield, Shield can go the distance. Uh, but you really got to put the reps in. I do see it as two layers, right? To go X and O, yes, you absolutely have to play at the level that you guys are describing. I feel like there's an X and one or X and two level that's a little bit of a um, um, kind of like one of the, the I want to say gatekeeping. It's not gatekeeping. The, the, the point is you've got two got your back characters. Uh-huh. And sometimes in a wide list with two got your back characters, it's just going to be a lot of damage from a gun line. Um, that people are going to need to learn how to deal with. And so that feels like kind of like level one uh, playing against shield is, is getting through that gun line where you've got two got your backs and then a Helios laser. Um, but that's kind of an X one X two thing. I think to, to your guys's point to, to, to actually win a tournament is going to take a lot more practice with these guys. Oh yeah. Yep. I've definitely been having fun with stuff. Like I like to play Sentinel prime with them because I like big stompy th- stuff. Um, but I definitely see where like there have been matchups I've had where that was, that shouldn't have been what I took. And it cost, it cost me a lot of headache where had I played more, I'd probably have realized, Oh, I should have just broken him into two characters and played that. Uh, but they're, they're a super fun affiliate. They don't look fun when you hear people talk about them and like you see all the characters. Cause like I said, they're just like normal people with guns. But they are so much fun once you get playing. And if you like puzzles, it feels like when I played War Machine, I liked Convergence because every turn felt like a puzzle. And that's kind of what Shield feels like. Every single turn feels like a puzzle you have to unlock to get all your stuff working. So if you like that kind of stuff, they're great. Uh, Last question. This is from Rylan. Um, This is for both of you. Uh, He requests that you build me a list that includes, of course, not right now, not on air. We don't have enough time for this. To build me a list that includes Omega Red, Venom, and Dormammu that is actually viable and plays at least two of those characters in each game. Well, uh, I, th- I think the problem is, is if he says it's viable, I don't think that can be done. <laughs> <laughs> Omega Red, Venom, and Dormammu. Yes. That's already a lot of points. <laughs> That's you. I only need to play at least two of those characters. So we could theoretically do like spider foes with venom and Omega red. 
That's probably your best bet. But probably. even then, you're not taking all Spider-Foe's best characters. Rhino is by far their best character. True, yeah. Oh, that was a standout character from this weekend. There was a lot of Rhino, and he was exceptional. Rhino looks insane. He's broken, man. He's unbelievably good. He can rob anybody, and it's it's hilarious. <laughs> he really can. Yeah. yeah. His action economy is stupid. I um, funny enough with Dormammu, and then also speaking on Rhino, I just I was already building a Dormammu list. Uh, a friend played him recently with Rhino, and Rhino being able to have two power, and then oh, I have six power, so Dormammu damages me and gives me another power, and I'm hard to kill and fast and. It was a nightmare. I, I I really didn't have a plan for it. And uh, now I kind of want to try to push that a little bit. Um, all right. Well, I think that's everything. Thanks, guys, for coming on today. Uh, of course, Sooner, co-host for the, uh, for the show. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It was really good talking to you and hearing your thoughts. Well, and thank you for letting me come on and, you know, kind of peddle my wares and <laughs> talk about this Texas city we've got started. And like I said, my hope is really that, that another community looks at something like this and says, you know what, that's a good idea. I think we can pull that off and uh, people get to go out and play some good games. Anytime, man. Ho- hopefully when y'all get some events going and it starts to like take shape, we can have you back on to kind of give an update so we can kind of pitch it again and like talk more about like things like ways to like, ease people into this kind of stuff and like things you've learned. That'd be really cool. I think. Yeah. We do have our first three events. Uh, San Antonio, Austin and Dallas are all booked. Um, so now we just got to get people showing up. And so really the, the, the true test will be, um, I don't know how many people went to these events last year, but um, you know, hopefully we're getting not 15 people, but we're getting 25 people or 30 people and, and we'll see if the growth actually occurs. Awesome. Good luck, man. I really hope that takes off. It sounds, like I said, it sounds awesome. Um, but anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Till next time, keep on gaming.